Welcome uh, to episode 219 of the Ben Briggs podcast. I am Ben Briggs. There we go. Uh, It is Tuesday, people. Um, Tuesday, the 8th of June, 2021. Uh, I hope you're doing well out there. How are you keeping? Keeping all right, are you? Good, good, good. It's nice to hear. Just <laughs> We didn't answer you, Ben. We haven't had a chance to answer you yet. I answered for you, all right? You got a problem with that? Um, it's, uh, it's, it's nice. I'm a little bit excited today. A little bit, well, excited and not so excited. Um, I did my, uh, my first gig back yesterday, um, because I haven't been one of these fucking wankers doing online gigs. I know. I know. There's a lot out there doing them. But because I haven't done one of those, I'm a purist, baby. Uh, I don't want to be sitting on my sofa doing my fucking material. That's where I write it. I don't want to have to, comp- uh, you know, perform it in front of a fucking... I understand the irony of me saying this. Perform it uh, uh, in front of a camera. Uh, like I am with this podcast. I understand the irony of that, people. Yeah. Um, but um, I never wanted to do that because um, it just doesn't do anything for me. Um, I like the energy of a live gig. You know what I mean? You know, the anticipation, the fucking nerves a little bit, trying out new stuff. Um, and I was never going to get that experience Um from doing a fucking Zoom gig. Um so uh there's no jeopardy. That's the uh that's the thing I like about stand up. The fact that there's jeopardy in there. The fact that if it all goes fucking wrong, they're not going for it. You have to deal with that shit. I think uh if a Zoom gig, you know, I don't, people are too polite at a Zoom gig. It's like doing a fucking safe space gig or something. (laughs) It's like that. Uh, I didn't want to do that anyway. um, So um, I haven't been doing any gigs, really. I've been writing a bit of material and stuff uh, and trying to learn it. Clearly from last night, not enough. (laughs) Um, But I did my first gig back yesterday uh, in Dudley. In a fucking, um, some sort of rock club or something. It was definitely, you know, hardcore fucking download festival. You know, that sort of, you know, heavy metal fucking bar. You know, the type of place. The type of place where you're going to get some sort of, you know. They've they've still got smallpox in there somewhere. I know smallpox has been eradicated, but somewhere with it. Within there, there is a small colony of smallpox still living, um, or Ebola or something. And uh, they've got various things, you know, living in a carpet or <laughs> in the curtains. Uh, there, there's a lot of, you know, it was it was a Slipknot crowd, that sort of place. You know, they've got Slipknot posters up and shit like that, and you know, everything's about you know Ramstein and fucking. People like that. So anyway, it was one of those. It was, it's quite a nice, to be fair, that sort of crowd. I've always gone down quite well with that sort of crowd. Um, because 
they're they're the sort of like people who don't really give a fuck. They're not easily offended, you know. There was some guy sitting outside with a fucking Hell's Angels patches on his fucking, you know, those cut off jean jackets. They were, you know, vesty with, you know, the uh, um, uh, you know, with the patches on the back or whatever. So <laughs> it's not quite the same when you see it, is it? You know, when you see the Hell's Angels fucking California and that, where they actually grew up, you know, that's that's where the motorcycle club came from, wasn't it? Like California. That's where the Hell's Angels, you know, the original chapter uh, was. But when you see the Hell's Angels Dudley, it's... Uh... <laughs> I wonder how far down the pecking order they are. That's what I always think. When I see that sort of thing, you see, you know, you read, you, you know, I've read uh, uh, the fucking a few Hells Angels books and that sort of thing. Just out of interest. I have no, you know, no, uh, no, uh, no need to even, jo- you know, no, uh, no want to join that sort of thing. I, I, I think I'd, if I rode a motorbike, I'd fucking kill myself in the first day. Uh, I have no interest in riding a motorcycle at all. I like to be comfortable when I'm traveling. Um, I don't know. It's you know, it looks cool in that, but if you come off, you're fucked. Have your donor cards ready, people? Yeah. So um, it was that sort of a place. Uh, Martin Hooburn, the Hoobs, uh, runs the um, runs the gig. Um, and it, there wasn't a lot in there. There wasn't many people in there, but it was just—it's just a like a new material night where you can go down and um, try out some ideas. Um, some of them will work, some of them won't. Um, I walked on stage last night. <laughs> it's a fucking rock bar. What is this place? Some sort of discotheque or something? Is it? You into disco music here? Bit of hip hop? <laughs> just looked at me like I was fucking had three heads. Ah, well. <laughs> dug yourself a fucking hole already, Briggs, ain't ya? Um, but uh, I ran through a few ideas, a, a few loose ideas. It was just really trying to get back on stage and um, trying to feel a bit looser uh, with what I'm doing and um, just to um, fuck about a bit, I think. It was that, you know... The things I don't miss that I found out last night about stand-up is I don't miss getting stuck in traffic jams on the way to the gig. I actually like travelling to the gig, usually. You know, I'm a curious person, people. I like looking around the country, seeing those homogenised city centres. <laughs> Where everywhere's the fucking same. Um, but getting there. But, like, I don't like being stuck in traffic. Um I got stuck in traffic. Oh, I forgot about that as well. Uh, M6 on the way home. Uh, it's a fucking nightmare. If you ever come to the UK or anyone from the UK will know, um, for some reason, for the past five, six years, seven years, every night on the M6, I forgot about that after fucking 9.30, 10 o'clock, they start putting out cones and close the M6 for some reason. I don't know. It's like the... Uh, it's like the Bristol Bridge or whatever. As soon as they start painting it and finish painting it, they have to start painting it again. It's, uh, I don't know. Um, 
Yeah, it was a fucking nightmare. So I got stuck in traffic, needing a piss, which was a fucking nightmare. Um, but eventually got home. But um, let's have a bit of tea on. The actual gig itself, um, it was all right. I did some material um, and um, it was uh, it went all right. It needs work. People ain't going to lie. But that's why we do new material nights, isn't it? You know, for a bit of practice. Um, but being as I haven't gigged since, what, October? And now it's like, you know, six months, six, eight months or whatever without gigging. Refusing to do Zoom gigs, I just, you know, I don't want to be a performance poet or a puppet. I like to, it's like, you know, I like to read the room, get a sense of what you can get away with. Not that that ever really, not that ever really changed my material to suit a room. Um, but I might, um, you know, reinforce certain bits and that sort of thing. And, and uh, you can feel when the room's slipping away from you a little bit and then try and get that back. Um, and it was nice last night just to stand there, do a bit of material and then just fuck about a bit, like fucking around with the crowd and that and think, actually, yeah, I can still think on my feet a little bit, you know. I've still got that experience of, what, 14 years of doing stand-up behind me and um, maybe the material needs a little bit of work. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more, a little bit more effort put into there, Benny boy. You're never gonna just walk straight out there and go, "Oh yeah, fucking smash the shit out of that room," uh, when you haven't done it for about six months. But it was nice. It was a nice little lead in to um, to gigging again, to be honest. And um, I think it's a night that I'm gonna uh, see if see um, if I can get on as much as possible because obviously I'm moving up to Birmingham way so um, uh, Dudley is going to be ideal to try and sort uh, as much new material as possible that's what I'm trying to do a little bit I think that's what I'm going to try and do there's certain gigs around the area that I'd like to do like new material nights on a regular basis so you're going down there's there's the holly bush at Craigley Heath the famous bush the bush, uh, the holly bush down there, um, Craigley Heath. They run like once a once a week on a Thursday, and um, it'd be nice to go down there. Sort of like pretty much every week if I can. Dave's actually like quite a nice guy who runs the place and just says you don't have to ring up. Just come down and uh, whenever you want and just try some new material. So that's quite nice. Um, and then if I could get you know do this gig fairly regular as well and then a fucking couple of others and then you've got that you're building that momentum with new material and um and uh get it sorted out and write it and uh yeah yeah get it sorted out my own head there's nothing worse than doing new stuff because of because i've i've done this thing right man i'm gonna fucking dump my old material and i'm gonna fucking do new shit um, you're, you know, you, you still, you've still got to find the rhythm and the, the, the confidence in that new material. And a lot of it is confidence, how you present in that new material. And if you haven't got that, if you haven't gigged for like six, eight months or whatever, 
and you're like, well, I think this is funny, but it's not proved itself yet. You've got, you sort of like lose that belief in yourself a little bit and you lose that belief in the material because you have no belief in that material because it's just going from page to stage. Um, where you write down, I'm not one of the, you know, like, and I like to do a sort of like, kind of like a bullet point sort of thing, right? I need to hit that, hit that, hit that, hit that, hit that, hit that. But um, I kind of write out in full and then get like bullet points down. And then around that, I sort of like present it and improvise it on stage a little bit, you know, as much as you can improvise something that's written down word for word. But you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, having that sort of like lack of confidence within that, uh, within the material and within yourself a little bit because you're like, because you've got that thing in the back of your head where like, oh, I'm going to be rusty here. I'm going to be rusty. And that's part of the problem as well. It's your own fucking head. (laughs) Going, you're going to be rusty. You know you're going to be rusty. You know you haven't put in the work for this new material night. You're going to be fucking rusty. Think you can wing it, can you? Well, maybe you can't. Maybe you can't. Um, But apart from that, it was good fun. Uh, There was, uh, I mean, it was a Monday night, and there was people pissed out of their head there. (laughs) I mean, you've got to appreciate that a little bit. You miss, you, you, you sort of, like, forget how many people actually go drinking in this country regularly on a nightly basis. You know, you expect it on a Friday or a Saturday. You know, it's the end of the working week on a Friday, and it people are going to go out and get pissed, probably more, a little bit more pissed than they would normally be because they're fucking left work. They've got home. They've, yeah, they're knackered from work, so they're going to be fucking hammered anyway. <laughs> After a couple of pints... On a Saturday, you expect it. A Sunday, sometimes, for those lunatics who don't mind starting the week with a hangover. But on a fucking Monday night, to be absolutely fucking trashed. <laughs> I'd take my hat off to them. That shows perseverance. Um, let's have a little bit of tea. Hang on. I'll tell you what I did watch. Um, I'll tell you what I did watch. I um. Uh, this week. So uh, anyway, the gig was all right. It was all right. There's work to be done. Um, it's a nice little place where you can just go down, no pressure, just try stuff out, and um, and I thoroughly recommend it. Um, uh, a lot of me is saying that so I can get on there again regularly to do new stuff because it's you know when I've got it worked out and that sort of thing, it's gonna be it's my it's my sort of crowd down there. People not judgy, they're quite open to shit. They like a little bit of um, dark and edgy stuff. Not that I'm particularly dark or edgy, um, but um, uh, they don't mind that sort of thing. So um, uh, hopefully it will be something like a nice little resource, not to be so uh, clinical about it. <laughs> it's all about me, people. It's about me, but. Um, uh, I think the crowd enjoyed it. I think it was a first night as well. So um, there's always that sort of, you know, like they need a little bit of educating. Um, but um, that sort of crowd are the best, man. They're the best. I, 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 you know, 
Um, I did a download festival a few years ago with it, and they were just fucking great. They're the you can spot that type of person because they like um, uh, they're my sort of like my sort of people. Not that I'm particularly like heavy metalish or anything like that, but the the it's a sort of like mindset where kind of anything goes. The more horrendous, the better. Um, if only all audiences could be like people like that it would be fucking amazing i'd love it um anyway getting back to what i was gonna say i watched uh i i did watch the, i watched the film the lowry film have you seen that uh mr uh, mrs lowry and son um which is um uh based on the uh uh it's a bike it says here it's a bike Graphical, a drama film set in Pendlebury, Greater Manchester, chronicling the life of the renowned artist L.S. Lowry. Things like this, I quite enjoy fucking, um, I quite enjoy fucking, I quite enjoy fucking um, biographical um, films and uh, documentaries. You know this already, people, by now, surely, don't you? I like watching shit like this because, A, it's entertain- more entertaining than reading a book. And you get to learn shit as well. That's why I like documentaries, because I'll just stick them on, watch it. You don't have to fucking focus on a fucking book like you have to with um, with reading and shit. Um, not that I don't... There's a time and a place for reading, though, isn't there? This is my... Um, this is my thing. There's a, there's a time and a place for that. You have to be focused. You have to have nothing else on your mind. Just think, right, okay, for the next two, three hours, I'm just going to read. Let my mind imagine that, baby. You know, hey, man, I prefer reading the book than watching the film because you uh, you can make up the characters in your own mind. And really, we've said this before. I'm, really, that's it, yeah. You make up the character. You've got a better interpretation of the text than an Oscar-winning director, have you? Hmm? You're in the wrong business, baby. Um. Anyway, so I watched this film. Sorry, I got carried away there. I just hate that fucking... You know what that means? Because that whole thing means... The whole, hey man, I prefer reading the book to watching the film is like, ugh, I'm an intellectual. That's what all that means. They might as well just say that. I'm an intellectual man. I'm just like got so many concepts going around in my mind. I just create the story so well. If you'd have created the story that well, you'd have fucking written it, wouldn't you? All you're doing is reading the text. They're giving you everything. And then you're claiming to be some sort of fucking intellectual genius because you can interpret that in your brain and imagine a little bit. You don't even have to imagine the characters' names. How different can it be from a fucking film just watching it? That's that's essentially what you do. Oh, no, but I use all of my... Really? Do you stray off the text, do you? Start improvising and go going down your own fucking story arc? Is that it? Is that what you do? Or do you just look at the words, digest them, understand them, and follow the story till the end? If you're so brilliant at imagining shit, why do you finish books halfway through and say they're shit? Surely you could have come up with something better in your own mind. I don't know. 
Getting a bit carried away there, Ben. Getting a bit carried away. I make no apologies for that, though. Anyway, let's have some tea. So, anyway, I watched this film. I enjoyed it, but it was the typical... Uh, I felt a bit sorry for the guy. Timothy Spool, is it? Um, He, he looks old. Um, Was it Timothy Spool? Yeah. Uh, Vanessa Redgrave was brilliant, like, but it's it's that whole, you know, you know, Lowry, the one who painted matchstick men and matchstick cats and dogs. Although I didn't see many cats and dogs in there, but you know, it's very, it's very northern, isn't it? Industrial landscapes, you know, people fucking, you know, wincing. And walking crouched into the wind and shit like that. Um, but I found it really interesting. Um, only because he um, was quite old when it was... <laughs> maybe this has some sort of parallel to my own comedy career. Um, but he, he was quite old um, when he was sort of like making it. But there's always... There's always... In all of those films... Uh, like Larry, or it's it's very northern Billy Elliot y, you know, it's got that sort of vibe to it, you know what I mean? Out of all those films where there's like a you know, northern working class, hey man, I just want to get out of being a northern working class guy, yeah, there's always thou will never do that, lad, thou will never do that. Hey, why don't you just work down the mine like the rest of us? In it, there's always, uh, and that sort of character was his mum. And maybe that's true. But I think they hammed up, the, you know, in none of these films does like the mother or father or partner go, actually, that's really good. I really support everything you're doing. Um, you go and live your dreams. Oh, are well, you not meant to tell me to live down the mine? Work down the mine? Why would you want to work down there? You go out there, you live your dreams, and we will fully support you in that. Oh, okay, this this is going to make a shit film, I know. <laughs> There's always that, like, antagonist to the character who's like, why don't you just eat fucking Eccles cakes and fucking drink tea with the rest of us? Oh, you're too good for your Eccles cake now, ain't you? That's possibly the worst uh, northern accent you've... Uh, ever heard so anyway i enjoyed it anyway um just because um uh he kept doing what he wanted to do i think that's a that's a sort of you know he wasn't really getting any attention and then you know he kept kept reflecting the environment around him and shit you know that's what you paint what you see baby isn't it paint what you see very very true to stand up. Paint what you see. In it. Bit of observational comedy there. In it. Don't you just hate it? Don't you just hate it when um you're drinking tea and uh, you're doing a podcast and <laughs> this doesn't seem relatable at all, Ben. This material. Is this your new stuff? <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. Anyway, so I watched that. I thoroughly recommend it. It was good. Timothy Spool is good in it, but he looks old. He starts. He started looking old, man. He looks like he's lost weight as well. He was always, you know, quite a chubby sort of guy. 
And um, now he looks, because he's lost a bit of weight, he looked, I hope he hasn't got cancer or something like that. That's what you usually say about people, isn't it? He looks thin He's and jowly, and then the next minute they're on the news, died of cancer. Uh, well, uh, that would explain a lot then. Has he had cancer? I don't know. Let's. Has Timothy. Should I be Googling that? Has Timothy Spool had cancer? Um, career, personal life. He is the owner of a Dutch barge. Oh, oh Jesus fucking hell. In 1996, Spool was diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia, but has since been in remission. Well, he wants to start piling on the pounds then, didn't he? Hey, what? That's fucking ages ago. Uh, uh, I didn't know not what made me ill, but stress had something to do with it. And the point is now to head off stress at the past. It made me aware of things. It made me aware of things and become more selective. Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah. Anyway, I would thoroughly recommend that. If you like paintings of matchstick men, matchstick cats and dogs, and you want to know how they're done, and you want to know the struggle, man, the struggle he went through. What's that? Um, yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it, to be perfectly honest. It was fucking interesting. I like all that shit. I like, you know, it's somebody I wouldn't, like, normally bother to fucking look up in a book or or Google or anything like that. But um, it got me there, baby. It got me there. Anyway. Talking of people, <laughs> talking of people, there's a tenuous link. Talking about other white men, um, there has been scandal. Scandal, I tell you. Um, uh, within the cricketing world, this is uh, uh, for anyone out there who doesn't know what cricket is, uh, Americans or, or, or whatever, cricket is essentially uh, rounders with, uh, <laughs> essentially rounders. Uh, cricket is essentially fucking baseball with uh, tea and sandwiches in between. That's the best way I can uh, describe it, isn't it? I used to fucking hate playing cricket. I used to hate it. It's fucking boring. Unless you're batting or bowling, it's shit. You just you're just standing in a field, you know, waiting for a fucking ball to be fucking hit towards you, and uh, I just never saw the interest in it. You know, most of the time I would be sitting down on the ground, you know, at school when we used to have to play cricket. I always play football, but like cricket was just like no action, wasn't it? Nobody could really bowl at our school. Nobody could really bat. Somebody would get angry, you know, try and start swinging the fucking bat around their head. Anyway, Ollie Robinson. He's in the shit. This is the cancel culture man. I don't know whether it is or not. He's just uh, uh, a landmark day for Ollie Robinson. Will be remembered for all the wrong reasons after a series of racist and sexist tweets. Jesus Christ. Sent in 2012 and 2013. Oh. <laughs> Somebody's not been deleting their tweets after they became famous. <laughs> ah, just set up a new account. Why would you just not set up a new account? Delete the old account when you become famous. Set up the new one right. 
I am going to scrutinise everything I say. Um, uh, so uh, the tweets in which, uh, in one of which he wrote that my new my new Muslim friend is the bomb. I think that was a joke that went round about ten years ago, wasn't it? It would be right. Yeah, he's twenty seven now, so he sent these when he was eighteen, nineteen. So my new Muslim friend is the bomb. I'm sure I'm sure I've heard people do that on stage here. It's hardly the most racist thing in the world. Actually, it's profiling all Muslim people as suicide bombers. All right, all right. And in another, that a lot of girls need to learn the art of class. I can't necessarily argue with that. <laughs> uh, not all girls, obviously. There's a lot of, you know, we've all seen them, haven't we? We've, you know, not always, really, all girls are as classy as fuck. I've, I've seen two girls fighting in Northampton Town Centre and one spat in the other one's face. <laughs> She'd pulled her to the ground by a long hair. She spat in her face. Ah, oh, Jesus. You know, I've seen people take, women take pisses in the street. Um, I don't know. Maybe that is classy. Maybe that. Maybe I'm old school. I'm expecting too much. Um, we're all posted between April the 2012 and June 2013. In the 30, wrote that females who play video games actually tend to have more sex than girls who don't. Is that sexist? I don't know, man. I've, I, I, am I? Am I misreading these? Uh, so, anyway, he's, he's been forced to apologise. You fucking apologise for what you said when you were 18 and 19 and weren't mature and didn't think and just were going along with things because you wanted to fit in with your mates. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, he said he deeply regrets his actions and he's ashamed of making, making such remarks. I was thoughtless and irresponsible regardless of my state of mind at the time. Here we go. Mental health issues. Play that card, me old booty. Um, regardless of my state of t- mind at the time, my actions were inexcusable. Don't apologise then. I don't know, man. Why didn't he just say, look, I was 18 or 19. What the fuck? The boundaries have changed. You know, that, you know, that, the, my new Muslim friend is the bomb is a fucking shit joke. You know, is a fucking shit, lame-ass, fucking 18-year-old, 19-year-old, you know, guy trying to... <laughs> trying to fit in with his mates, isn't it? You know, a lot of girls need to learn the art of class, you know. Ugh. It just sounds like somebody, you know, who's 18 or 19 who's just been dumped by his girlfriend. <laughs> if anything... You know, uh, we're all we're all posted. I don't know. Females who play video games actually tend to have more sex than the, gir- the girls who don't. I don't know what that means, really. Does it mean that they're slags? Is that what it means? Video females who play video games are a little bit more promiscuous. I'm not sure that tr- that's true. If anything, I would have thought it was the other way around. If you're a geeky bird playing video games. Not unless they're, you know, 
you're, you're going to be locked in your room all the time, aren't you? Unless you're having sex whilst playing the video game. I don't know. I don't, I don't even know what... I, I, does, did nobody just look at those tweets and go, well, it, it was fucking 18, 19? No! <laughs> That's what you mean now! You can't ever change your mind. You know that. That's what you mean now. You said it when you were 18. You're going to mean that until you die at the age of 84. Now get in that corner. Think about what you've done. And take your hounding on Twitter. I don't know, people. I don't know. I, I, you know, you always get the investigative journalist in this stuff. <laughs> People going through your Twitter feed. This is what he said fucking 10 years ago. He means it for the rest of his life. I don't know. It just seems like like a young lad being a bit of a twat to me, to be honest. There's no, you know, young guys are going to be twatty about fucking girls because they have no experience of them. Do they really? You know, at the age of 18, 19, you're still... Oh, yeah, I fucking bang loads of birds and stuff like that. But deep down inside, you're fucking an insecure wreck. And, you know, one comment about your small, incredibly shit sex giving penis could probably break you at that age. Um, So you go over the top, don't you? You put up too much front, don't you? Oh, fucking birds. Oh, fucking, yeah, I do 28 in a fucking day, mate. That's what I do. But really, you just... Going home, going. Oh, I'm so lonely. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't know if this is you know like a big deal, really. The fact that he's apologised, everybody apologises. You know, you can't. You know, you're instantly guilty, but that's probably not enough, is it, for some people? Um, you know. Yeah, look, you know, it's not enough, is it? I do not have the words to express how disappointed I am that an England men's player has chosen to write tweets of this nature. He wasn't at the time, was he? However long ago that might have been. Yeah, really? That's the that's the England Cricket Board's chief executive covering his own ass. Really? Like, you don't think... Uh, you know, an England player had chosen to write the tweets of that nature. You had players in the fucking 80s going over to, you know, South Africa and getting paid to play over there for the fucking apartheid regime. Fucking cunt. Gutless fucking cunt. <coughs> Just say, yeah, it was disappointing. But he's going to delete them. It was 18, 19 at the time. Boom. I know that doesn't excuse everything. But they're hardly the worst tweets in the fucking, you know. Any person reading those words, particularly a woman or person of colour, would take away an image of cricket and criticism that is completely unacceptable. I think cricket is quite a diverse sport, is it not? We are better than this. We have a zero tolerance. St- oh, I don't know. Uh, well, yeah, the, you know. My Muslim, f- new Muslim friend is the bomb. Well, yeah. You know, it's, yes, it's a stereotypical fucking joke, but it's it's a fucking shit joke, isn't it? It's just a fucking shit joke. Where that stereotype's all Muslim people is, well, yes, it does a little bit, but it's, you know, I think that joke was going around fucking 
everywhere about 10 years ago. I heard it on stage several times, I must admit. Not that that excuses it, obviously. <laughs> he says covering his own ass. Boom. Anyway, there we go. Another apology. If you want to um, message me at all, um, it is just podcast at benbriggs.co.uk. Uh, that was episode 219 of the Ben Briggs podcast. Holy fuck. Uh, I will be back on Saturday, motherfuckers. Um, have a good rest of your working week. I'll speak to you then. Take care.